Welcome back to the Dropouts Podcast. You were here with your host, Samaj Sinclair. And to the left of me, we got our co-host, the one, the only. It's your boy, Blake, a.k.a. Bleezy. Welcome back. Glad to have y'all here today. Today we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Sierra. I am a yoga teacher. I am an Ayurvedic wellness counselor. <clears throat> and I have spent most of the last two years traveling back and forth between America and India to learn yoga, practicing yoga, traveling India, and just exploring spirituality and improving myself and trying to help others do the same. Nice. What was that second word you said? That was a big word. Uh, something wellness. Oh, Ayurvedic wellness counseling. So Ayurveda is, it's kind of like Chinese medicine, but it's the Indian wellness system. Oh. And it's called Ayurveda. It's like a holistic wellness system, you know, just talking about how food is medicine, food is life, and herbs are a big part of it. And so a couple years ago, I did 600 hours of wellness counseling training. I don't currently do anything with that certification necessarily, but it's apparently the sister science to yoga. Mm. Um, so they kind of go hand in hand. So that kind of started my um my specific studying in this kind of stuff. I had always been interested in the spirituality kind of coming from India for probably, I would say, about the last eight years or so now is when I stumbled across this path. Um, but I didn't start studying these things until I went to Ayurveda school. And there was an Ayurveda school in Asheville that I went to. And I did that. And that was kind of my introduction into learning this kind of stuff. And I really enjoyed it a lot. And so once I thought in my mind to do yoga teacher training, I was like, oh, this will be great. <laughs> That's awesome. So spirituality is really what sparked your sense to go out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've always struggled with mental health. I think a lot of us do. And um, especially through my high school years, I really was going through a hard time with it. And at one point I stumbled across Buddhism and that was kind of like my first step into this. Um, and so I learned about these concepts of like, we don't have to suffer. We don't have to be in pain. Um, a lot of it is just the conditioning of the world and it's maybe that not our mind is broken, just the conditions that we're living in aren't optimal to make us happy, right? So that was the first time I ever learned about that kind of belief. I always kind of believe that there's something wrong with me and that something's broken and it can't be fixed. So once I stumbled across this idea that you can fix yourself and you can heal yourself, it was just so mind-blowing to me. So Buddhism was the first phase of that and then Buddhism is actually a it's a um, it's actually a small sect of Hinduism, which is the belief system is called Sanatana Dharma, which means eternal truth. The religious version of this is what they call Hinduism, but the beliefs itself, beliefs like karma, beliefs like reincarnation, um, the practices of meditation, yoga, breath work, all come from this. And so Buddhism was like my little trickle in the door. But then as I kept learning more, I'm like trying to go to the source, and it just keeps bringing me back to hinduism to sanatana dharma but i was really freaked out about it because you know like in america a lot of us are grown up having religion forced on us so i was interested in the spirituality but then there was a lot of parts of it that just kind of like it seemed a little too um, religious that freaked me out what parts of it um mainly just the gods like there's just i mean when you see hindu gods like okay just to show you guys i have lord shiva as my wallpaper Whoa. In America, Blue. a lot of people are going to look at this and think that's very demonic looking. That's very scary looking because from a from a white Christian perspective, it is very different. Yeah, it's a blue person. It's a blue person. We got sitting on the tiger, you know, and then you think of, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, 
the goddesses like Kali Ma that look very scary and very like intense. So I wasn't necessarily scared of that. I was scared into being um, put in another belief system where it was rigid, right? Like God is going to be mad at you if you do this, if you do this, if you do this. But the one thing I like about this belief system is that it's very loose. Um, there are, of course, rules that you can follow and that people have followed since, you know, the beginning of time. But it's very much encouraging of, but at the end of the day, it's up to your interpretation. And you can believe in all the principles, but you don't have to believe in the gods part of it. You don't have to ever do the deity worship. You don't ever have to do any of that. You can just take the beliefs and take the practices of yoga and meditation, and you can be any religion, anything, and still do those things. So that's what I like about it. And once I found out it wasn't as rigid as like, you have to commit to this and then call yourself and be this your whole life, then I felt a lot better. Mm. So you have recently gone to india mm -hmm. and uh experienced you know culture out there yeah. what were some of the like culture shocks i would say the biggest culture shock to me was seeing that level of poverty was definitely um shocking and to that extent um there are these places called slums that are in delhi and it's just i mean it's it's big slabs of metal and sticks and tarps that thousands hundreds of thousands pe of people are living in and it's really challenging because it's like we see homeless people here and then you know you go to bigger cities new york san francisco you see homelessness but the conditions of the homelessness in like new york compared to the lower class people of india it's just so night and day different and it's it was very hard for me to wrap my head around this especially coming from a first world country like how are this many people living this way what and are the conditions like what is it the slums are just very it's a lot of people living together not a lot of sanitation um the the income that they make is very low they never really have a chance to get out of that is the problem um it's just set up kind of in a way that like systematic kind of um economic oppression is in america where it's like you're born in a bad spot it's really hard to get out of that it's the same with them it's almost impossible for them to get out of that because they're being paid such a low wage they don't have a house they just have this this tarp area um but the thing that i think shocks me about it so much is that those people even living in those conditions they're still just they seem so much happier than like a lot of us here that have all these amazing things and all these luxuries they have a the way that they believe about life is that they believe that the situation you're born in is predetermined based on your past karma and that every life you live you're playing and you're um, filling a role of things you're supposed to learn things you're supposed to do and so it's almost like they don't take it personally you know what mm -hmm. i mean like they're not very woe is me why am i living in this bad situation they're very much forward thinking like okay this is my situation i have to work to support my family as a as like a tourist would, or when you go there do you feel like you're kind of like on the touristy side of things or how are you able to like see that um i would say that the luckiest thing for me has been on my first trip since I did yoga teacher training, I met a lot of people and made friends. And when you make friends, they invite you to their homes. And when they invite you to your homes, you meet other people. And through that, you kind of get invited to places and invited to things. And then you end up seeing these things just 
accidentally you end up coming to these places um and the thing with india too is is honestly even strangers i have people when i'm there every day that walk up please come have dinner at my house please come have tea at my house and it's just is that safe um you know my american brain wants to say no but every time i've gone it's been perfectly fine they've been very nice they feel honored um they use this quote in india where they say that guests are like god to us so they treat you so well the second you walk into their homes it doesn't matter if they're on the high end of class or low end of class they give you water they give you tea they offer you snacks they're just very welcoming and very like open people in this way cool that's awesome so like uh you mentioned earlier that like what is it? What, what were the ways that you the, the you use a specific word? For the like, caste system. The caste system. Was it that? Yeah. 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 Could you explain that a little bit to us? Yes. And I am not perfect. And my interpretation is obviously going to be different coming from America. But mm-hmm. in its most basic form, um, there are these groups within society and people, depending on your family, uh, you're born into these groups, basically. And there's higher groups and there's lower groups. The lower groups do the jobs that maybe aren't as wanted. The higher groups are kind of viewed in some way as like better or worse. Um, and so that's a big thing that they have there that's different from here is that they're kind of in these groups. And in the text, like going back to the, the, um, the Hinduism, in the text is where this idea of caste came. But ideally, it was actually based on your specific um, talents, your skills, and what you would like to offer this world. You figure out in which of these brackets of society you fall. But then once colonization came and Britain came to India, they made it more dogmatic and more you're born in this place, you stay in this place. Your family is in this place, you stay here. And so it became less of finding your place in this world and like acting and doing your role and more of people being stuck in whatever box they're born in and not being allowed to move to where they want to be or to a different part of what they want to be. If you're born into a family that does labor, that like owns a shop or drives tuk-tuks that's most likely what you'll be doing too it's kind of like that like you were saying how they have arranged marriages like they can't really get out of their class because they're gonna yeah so ideally you they they'll marry people that are in the same caste as them um just to kind of keep this system this idea of how societal roles should be to kind of just keep a sense of balance is how they view it Hmm, that's interesting is there like colorism involved in that Definitely. Um, The people of the lower caste always are pretty significantly darker. Um, They're also doing a lot of the jobs that are a lot worse, more dirty, less paying. Um, And the higher members of the caste aren't always lighter, but I find that they tend to be. There is really a big emphasis over there on whiteness. Um, People come up to me all the time and ask for pictures when I'm out in public because they've never (laughs) seen anyone with fair skin. That's not not funny, but it's like funny. It's like you're a celebrity. Yeah, it, it... yeah it kind of in a way is like that yeah it's like on one end I'm flattered right because it's like it's nice that they want to see a picture or have a picture with me I think the thing that I always have to remind myself is for in from an American standpoint this society is such a melting pot we all went to school with people that were we had several different people from different groups um so we grew up constantly being around people that look significantly different than us we don't think twice about it but over there 
it's it's all Indians. Um, there's not a lot of foreigners. And so when they do see foreigners, it could be the first time in their life besides TV that they're ever seeing mm. a white person. Yeah. So to them, it's like a crazy thing. Whereas to me, I'm like, what's the big deal? I look around and see people of every color, of every nationality every day. There, it's not the same. Yeah, we follow uh, uh, this fighter, Israel Adesanya. Mm. And he uh, he was in Japan for a little bit, right? Japan. And he said it was like that. Like, just being like a, a tall, skinny black guy in Japan. Like, you stick out. And people wouldn't even know who he was all the time. But they were like, we want a picture with you and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. So, all right, what would it be like if I went to India? Would they be like... They probably want pictures with you, too. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know because obviously I'm white, but I, I've heard a mixed bag from black people that have gone to India. Some of them have great experiences. They don't have a problem. Some of them have really bad experiences. I saw mm. this girl on TikTok and she was talking about how her time in India was awful because people would treat her very badly because it goes back to not that you're a foreigner necessarily, but again, the, the colorism comes into play, right? So they see very dark skin, and if they have that mindset and that conditioning of, oh, that equals bad, or oh, that equals lower, it might come into play. But like I said, some people go and have good experiences, some people have bad experiences, and, and even white people. Some people go to India and they love it. Other people go there and they can't stand it, and they want the first plane out of there. It's a very, very big place of duality. It's very polar in the way where like I said, I've gone to places in India that are more fancy and more nice than anywhere I've ever been in the United States. And then five minutes later, I'm looking at poverty that I couldn't even imagine. So it's just such a mixed bag. So why India did you choose to go there to um, essentially further your yoga career, essentially? So my spirituality, the path of spirituality I follow, which is Sanatana Dharma, all the things like that I mentioned, reincarnation, karma, all of these things have always been things that have resonated with me since being pretty young. Um, and these beliefs come from this place. So I've always wanted to kind of go back to the source and learn about all these things in the most authentic way possible. So I decided to do yoga teacher training in, I think I made the decision in September of 2021 that I can do this. I could teach yoga to people. And then, you know, by proxy, I'll also be sharing with them this belief system that's helped me so much. And when I was looking into how to do yoga teacher training, I found a bunch of trainings in the U.S. that seemed fine. They were kind of expensive, like two, three grand. And then I'm not really sure how it came to my mind, but... I had got this idea, I had seen that there was yoga teacher trainings in India, and I was like, wait a minute, I can go over there and do my training for not only a fraction of the cost, but I'm getting it in the most authentic way possible, and I'm visiting this place that I've wanted to visit for a very long time to see the roots of where the beliefs that I hold so close to my heart come from. Um, so once I found out that I could do it this way I was like I have to make the jump and I like I said I decided in September of 2021 to do it um, I didn't have a passport I had no idea how to travel out of the country mm -hmm. I had never been anywhere <laughs> out of the country especially alone um, I applied for my passport it was the tail end of COVID they said that it would be I think they said 12 to 16 weeks they said if I expedite it it would still be 7 to 10 weeks I, for some reason, wanted to go to India the first of the year. I wanted to wake up in 2022 in India. I don't know why I had that in my head, but I had it in my mind. But with how long a passport was going to take, I was like, man, I'm really not going to be able to do this until next spring, next summer. Passport came in three weeks. 
Did you expedite it? I did expedite it. Nice. So, sure. but I was still expecting seven to 10 weeks. And when that thing came in the mail in three weeks, I was like, no freaking way. I'm going to India and I'm going to India soon. And it was good because I actually was kind of falling into a kind of dark place around that time. I started hanging out with some people that were very uh, different from the normal people I would hang out with that were kind of just more into the club scene in Charlotte and kind of some things that I just am not as much into. Um, and so I really just wanted to get out of my reality and go somewhere and change something. Another reason I didn't do yoga teacher training in the U.S. is because I'm horrible at having a work and anything life balance. Mm. So if I did yoga teacher training here, I would be doing it on the weekends and balancing my job and balancing my personal life. Whereas if I went there one month, morning to night, you're in an ashram and you're doing yoga morning to night. You're eating yoga meals, which is just like very, it's called sattvic. It means it doesn't have a lot of spices. It doesn't have a lot of flavor. It's just very bland food. But the reason why is because all these things play into your nervous system and your state of mind. It takes more to digest. And yeah. Stuff like that. Right. They want you to digest the healthiest and the mm -hmm. easiest to digest food as possible. Tell us about the good foods in India. The though. good like, foods yeah. in India. Where are you eating that was like flavorful? So obviously, like I said, the yoga school, it's kind of more bland. But outside of that, the food is incredible. Their food system there is very good. Um, so many of them are vegetarian. And the food system over there is set up to actually accommodate that. So if you're looking at a standard plate, um, you're going to see rice. You're going to see vegetables, which is what they call... Um, yeah, it's slipping my mind. Vegetables, a sabzi. Sabzi is what's called. So a type of vegetable. Um, and then you'll have some sort of curry. Curry or just something that's in a nice rich sauce that has a lot of different flavors and stuff. And generally there's vegetables or they have different kind of wheat things, like kind of like wheat balls is another thing they have. Mm. And then they also eat a lot of paneer. Paneer is cheese that's the consistency of tofu. Mm. And they eat that a lot over there what's uh, what's tofu like i've never eaten it but I've it's seen like it. it's like squishy yeah. and white okay little little squares mm. and they have it and it's paneer and it's like a cheese and so they eat that and that'll a lot of times be in the curry or in whatever sauce they have mm. and then they have a bread too called roti or um chapati which kind of is like tortillas similar nice. to that and then if there's meat if they do, you were in a place where there's meat, then the meat will be like in the curry. But Rishikesh, where I spend most of my time, meat is about as close to against the law as you can have there because it's a holy city. And so they don't believe in killing animals and having meat available there. So, mm. yeah, the food's really good there. It's really yummy. Um, it's a lot of fried food in the street food portion of it is a lot of fried food. And I'm not necessarily the biggest person on fried food, but places like Rishikesh you get a lot of really good fresh food and it's really yummy and really nutritious and I mean you know I was vegan for a while um, like I was vegan for about five years or so eating vegan or vegetarian here it seems like a chore it's a big task but over there I don't even notice it like when I'm in Rishikesh I don't even notice that I'm not eating meat just because the way their food system is set up it just flows it's perfect they've been eating like this forever so it's not like a big hard ask. Everywhere you go, there's veg and non-veg. The McDonald's, they don't serve beef at the McDonald's. They have veggie patties, chicken patties, paneer patties. Mm. Um, the subway, I always hit the subway at the Delhi airport on my way in and out because I'm like, this is my last little taste <laughs> of something American. And then when I go back, my first little taste of something American. <laughs> but they have a veg side and a non-veg side uh -uh. of the subway. So all their like stuff is set up to accommodate for vegetarian food. So. 
What's the uh, what's the street food like? You I've digging seen... in there because I know like a lot of Americans would be afraid of all the bugs and yeah, stuff like that. yes, <laughs> the street food is interesting. It's interesting because there's not as many regulations when it comes to quality sanitation all these different things it very much is just you have a stall you're opening it up you're selling food um as a foreigner you do have to kind of be mindful um about not eating too much of it and just kind of being mindful when you pick a place like making sure it's not looking too dirty because they have the immunity to be able to eat eat and like have these things because they've been doing it forever us not so much like when you're over there you have to make sure to really only drink bottled water you have to be a little picky about the street food i eat street food just not a lot and i think the reason is is because again i'm not the biggest fan of fried food and a lot of the street food is just very fried and very just greasy um so i miss out on it which is probably a good thing because i have gotten sick over there and it is no fun um, so yeah, yeah. It seems like it? a big part of the street food is like entertainment, like drawing you in to yeah. get you to get you to buy it or whatever. Yeah, they're they're like putting on a performance yeah. while they're cooking, so it's and cool. that's fun to watch. What's one sure. of the craziest things you've like eaten there? One of the craziest things I've ever eaten. Um, there's this thing called pani puri. Pani means water. Puri means I don't know. But what it is, is it's these little balls. Um, They're like little, they're like hard, not super hard. They're these little kind of like chip-like balls. You poke a hole in them. And then inside they put potato or some sort of filling. And then they dip it in this water that's like green. Um, It has like spices and stuff. It's not just like gross green water. I mean, sometimes it looks like that. You get kind of nervous. But then you eat it by putting this entire thing in your mouth and clamping down, biting down on it. And it just explodes with water and this stuff i can show you a video after we're done of like me eating it somewhere but it's very just interesting it's very uh, unique it's, cool. it's not pizza pasta burgers it's just very different i would never think to make these things but it's it's yummy and it's cheap that's the thing the street food's cheap that's what you like about it more than anything oh yeah so i don't i don't know much about this but like someone told me that like toilets are different there they are how would what, what are they like there I won't lie and say that there's not Western toilets. There are, and that's what they call them, Western toilets. But other than that, it's a squat. It is a hole in the ground with two little foot marks next to it, and you squat and you go. And um, toilet paper isn't a big thing over there. In big cities it is, but otherwise, in every bathroom, on the trains, anywhere you go, there'll be a faucet and there'll be a little bucket, and you you use your hands to clean yourself and that's what they do there self bidet yeah basically <laughs> literally basically manual, a self bidet oh, um manual bidet wow yeah so that's an interesting and very humbling experience to use the bathroom and have to for sure clean yourself um holy shit i didn't know it was like that i think i knew about the squat but i thought you still had toilet paper you can buy toilet paper and a lot of foreigners me included kind of carry it around because don't get me wrong i've done the clean the self-cleaning enough times now that i know how to do it and do it right but what i don't like about it is you walk around wet afterwards and i just don't (laughs) like that feeling of just feeling like moist all the time for the rest of the day i'm just like no i'd rather just do it that way because they're always like oh it's cleaner oh it's cleaner I'm sure it is because you're, you're, it's more in-depth of a cleaning than taking dry toilet paper and wiping mm-hmm. yourself. However, again, I don't like the feeling of just walking around wet. Yeah. Don't like that at all. Understood. Yeah. So you went all the way out there by yourself? 
How yes. is it like planning that, getting ready for it? Are you nervous? I mean, most women I know would be afraid to even leave the country alone, let alone, you know, I'd go to somewhere like that. afraid to go to India by myself. You know? I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. To be honest with you, I am very comfortable with my dad and my friends and everyone kind of being around there for me, helping me whenever I need something. So the idea of I'm not only going to go on this trip alone, but I'm going somewhere where I don't speak the language on the other side of the world completely alone. I was terrified. I was completely terrified. But something within me was like, I have to do this. I'm so sick of being where I am in my life. I feel stuck. And I mean, we we all have similar TikTok feeds and Instagram feeds where we see these people that are traveling the world and doing van life and doing all these things. I spent years and years seeing these videos and wanting to be those people. Why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? And then I realized I can. It's just fear. Fear is the only thing that keeps most of us from doing 99% of the things we never do in life is because we're scared to take the jump. And so I, like I said, I was in a weird spot. I was kind of going into a bad place and I was like no matter how scary this is I have to do this I have to make this jump no matter how scary it is and I think one of the best things that my trips to India have given me is this sense of self that I didn't have before I can do this on my own because when you're away from everyone you know and let my car breaks down I'm calling my dad right my my something doesn't go right for me I'm calling my sister I'm calling someone to help me figure it out when you're on the other side of the world, who are you going to call? No one. You need something, you have to go ask someone. And those are things that I was very shy about doing. There was a good amount of social anxiety in me before going to India. Um, so, like I said, just one of my favorite things that these trips have given me is just the sense of self. The sense of I can do things by myself. I can travel by myself. I can do all these things. And as a woman especially, because you're right, it is a lot. There's an added layer of just like fear that comes up especially going to a country that's not like ours mm -hmm. so i was that's scared awesome. but i did it and i'm so glad i did because ever since i did my life has just changed completely what's changed about it like i said i've struggled with mental health um from my from from a pretty young age um and a lot of the things about myself is just very negative self-image um, not feeling like I have the ability to do things or function the same way as other people on and on and on and so when I went over there and I realized that I could do those things that was a big change for me but then also seeing India and seeing what this country looks like and coming to the understanding that a lot of other places in the world are like this and then looking at where we come from it gave me just a sense of gratitude about life that I did not have beforehand. Um, it's that whole thing about, oh, well, there's someone that has it worse than you. It sounds like a cliche. And obviously, when someone's struggling with mental health, their 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 pain is very valid. And, you know, you don't want to say things like that to someone. But truly, once you go to a place where you just see this amount of suffering and then you see those people that are living in these slums that have nothing but they're walking around happy with a smile on their face. It really just puts you in your perspective of like, oh. What do I value? What do I value? And what am I not valuing that I have right. that I'm taking absolutely for granted? So that and then yoga school changed my life. Um, I would be willing to say that me and disciplined are mortal enemies. However, whenever I'm <laughs> disciplined about anything, I thrive. So going to this yoga teacher training where you're waking up at 5.30 every morning, you're doing 
hours of yoga every day you're eating a specific diet that's completely different than what you're used to no sweets no pizza no pasta no burgers mm -hmm. it's it's very sopping <clears throat> indian food um the first couple days of that routine i freaked out but then once i got into it and i got into a flow with it i felt so much better and it was the first time in my life that i had ever felt like therapists are wrong doctors are wrong i don't have this or this or this i'm fine i'm good i can do everything anyone else can do i don't have this i don't have that i felt like it melted away and so it was just really mind-blowing to me how much better my mental health was and my ability to function on a day-to-day -day basis when i was following this routine being disciplined eating good food it really just showed me that a lot of what's probably wrong with a lot of us are things that we can tweak with diet changes, lifestyle changes, mindset changes. Now, of course, it's not always like that, but it really showed me the power of the condition you're in and mm -hmm. how that, yeah. In your environment. Yeah, sure. I think eating is a huge part of like how you feel. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, like that when they say you are what you eat, I think that's like a lot deeper than people like realize. Mm -hmm. That's true. So, so since you've come back, or you know, you're not in yoga school or whatnot. How's, how's that affected your eating habits, I guess? So I would be willing to say, the one thing I did notice the first time I went over there is that I've always struggled with pretty bad cystic acne, like all over my chin, all over the lower part of my face, really bad acne. When I went over there after a couple of days of eating like this, cleared up, cleared up in a way that I'd never seen it clear in my life. Then I came back here. I was doing good for a couple of weeks. I was going to the store, I was buying vegetables, I was trying to kind of recreate the Indian meals that I had been eating. But then, you know, after some time, you get back into your routine, you get back into your job, and then, you know, the, the Chick-fil-A's and the fast foods, just they're the convenient option. And then also at the same time, after my first trip, I had missed all of these things, so I kind of overdid it when I got back. But then I noticed my skin got bad again, my mind started getting clouded again my energy levels my motivation all of that just started going down again and after i came back from my first trip to india i was in a really dark place because i thought that oh my gosh i'm so excited to go back to america i'm excited to have a, a washer and dryer and not have to hand wash and rinse my clothes and hang them up on the roof i'm so excited to have access to a grocery store because over there it's just outdoor markets in the places that i primarily visit so i thought that i was going to be excited to come back and have all my luxuries to have my hot shower you take bucket showers over there it's completely different but then when i got back i realized that these luxuries that we have are not what makes me happy and although it may make my life significantly easier I thrive so much better being forced to do more work and do real work and do things that aren't as easy and that aren't as pretty um, my mind was able to function better that way so coming back was weird it was a huge culture shock that I didn't expect coming back home mm. Mm. Do you, uh, was there ever a, a time, like, while you were there that you were like, what am I doing? Like, where am I? Like, what <laughs> yes. the fuck? Yes, there was. Um, I visited some friends of mine in their city. Uh, I won't say the name of the city, but it just wasn't as popular of a place. And rishikesh where i go there's a lot of foreigners there and it's the yoga capital of the world so every single corner it's yoga schools and the yoga schools are filled with foreigners so we're walking around in our sports bras and our leggings all around the town they're used to foreigners there it's all good this place i went 
was not like that at all. I went out running one morning wearing a sports bra. People were stopping, taking videos of me, looking at me, looking at me like they wanted to like kill me. I mean, like I was committing crimes and it was just so different. And I was with my friends one night and it was after a yoga class we had done. No AC in India in a lot of places no ac the infrastructure is not set up for that and we're talking getting up to temperatures over 105 110 this was late (laughs) august last year we're doing a yoga class indoors they don't turn on the fans you're sweating it out i'm sweating in a way i've never sweat before pools of sweat on this yoga mat this one night i was like i'm not putting my shirt back on over my sports bra them letting me practice in a sports bra was already a blessing they come to told me afterwards We go out of the yoga studio. My friends say, are you going to put your shirt back on? I said, I'm just really hot. I'm feeling unwell because of how hot I feel. I'm just going to leave it off while we ride on the bikes. They were bringing me to a chai stall to get tea after class. We're driving, we're driving, we're driving. We get almost to the chai stall and all of the friends, there's like four bikes with us with all my friends. They pull over and they're like, Sierra, you have to put your shirt on. They said, this is a family place we're going to. The chai stand sitting on the corner is a family establishment. I was so angry. And <laughs> I was just like, it's hard because on one end, I, I want to be respectful and, 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 and that. But on the other end, it's hot. I'm dying. I've spent all day in people's homes, meeting people's families, wearing long sleeve leggings and wearing kurtis, which are like these uh, Indian suits that you wear, which are like they're like dresses, but they're almost all long sleeves. So all day long, I'm going around meeting different families in places with no AC, sweating, dripping, living in sweat. Then I do this yoga class, no air, no airflow in any of the room, no fans. It's over 100 degrees. I want to sit on the back of the bike for five minutes and just feel a little feel a little air no Sierra you have to put a shirt on and it just I mean it made me furious and what especially made me furious and this kind of circles back to the thing about um how they kind of idolize whiteness in the yoga studio that we're doing this class in it's a yoga studio and a gym you go to the gym portion you know what's on the wall big blown up pictures of white girls in sports bras So it's fine for them on the wall to be like this, right? For your advertising. But then when I'm trying to exist in this way to not have like, you know, a heat stroke, that's not okay. So it really just made me angry. I mean, that's not the only time. There's been a couple times where I've been like, get me on the first plane out of here. But that's when I have to scale it back and scale the ego back. And remember, Sierra, you're lucky that you come from a place that's so free where I could wear a normal bra and just walk out of the house. And although there are still people here that would be like, dude, what in the world? We're allowed to do that. We're free. We're able to make those decisions. We're able to show up and dress and wear and act how we want to. And so although it was frustrating, it kind of reminded me to check myself and understand again how lucky I am to be from a place where I can always express myself so openly to the point where when I'm being told I can't express myself openly, it's so offensive to me. Like how lucky am Mm. I that I get to come from such a place? So... What were the what were your like friends like when you were like upset about it? Were they kind of like what the f- this American like she's on some other shit? <laughs> I don't know because these specific friends didn't speak as much English as a lot of the people that I have friends with now. Mm. They were trying to comfort me because I'm sorry I started crying. I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm gonna die of a heat stroke. I've been wearing long sleeves all day. There's no air. I just want to not you know die of a heat stroke. And I was just more frustrated with the fact that like that the system is that way 
my activist mindset a lot of times in India kicks in where I'm like, okay, I understand that this is how it is, but it should not be like this. And in my mind, that shouldn't be like this should be enough. But that's where I have to step back and understand that my ideas of how things should or should not be can't directly translate into the second largest populated country in the entire world that because of colonization is behind in a lot of these ways. So that's my... You said you, you met your boyfriend out there, right? Yeah. How did you meet him out there? My boyfriend and I met last September. Um, there is a cafe in Rishikesh um, called Tulsi. It is the most amazing place in the world. <laughs> I love this little cafe. The guys that run it are amazing. Once they found out that I worked at a smoothie place, they expect me now to come back this trip and help them open <laughs> up a smoothie part of their place. Oh, so yeah. I love them. But um, Tulsi is a very popular restaurant in this area. Or it's a cafe. It's like a little jungle cafe. It's outdoors. It's really nice. It's right behind the yoga school I went to. So during our breaks or after school, we would go and we would eat at this cafe. I went for the first time in January. I didn't meet this guy then. I met him in person in September, but somewhere in between, he followed me on Instagram because we had a lot of mutual people at that point that we knew that I had met and that he already knew. Um, so at some point, he followed me on Instagram and we had kind of chatted a couple times, like just replied to each other's stories when I went back last fall in August. He had said a couple things to me. I said a couple things back, just casually chatting. Then one day I go to Tulsi. I walk around the corner. I look and I see this guy sitting there. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know for 100% it was the same person. So I asked my friend that was with me, Grisha. I pulled up his um, profile because she followed the profile too. So I was like, maybe she can tell me. Pulled up the profile and I said, hey, Grisha, it, is this the same guy? And she look, I, I'm showing her and she looks over my shoulder. She's like, who, him? And I said, yeah. And she was like, yeah, that's him. Why? And I was like... I don't know. We follow each other on Instagram. I just want to talk to him. And that was weird for me because I'm not the go up and sit next to someone and talk type. I'm a very talkative person, but it's when provoked. But something inside me just told me I need to talk to this person. One of the reasons was that we both follow the same guru named Karoli Baba. Um, we follow the same guru. So I knew that we had that in common. And then, like I said, we had chatted a little bit. So I wanted to say something to him. So... I had to work up the courage. My friend Grisha was like, Sierra, just say something. Why are you being so weird? And I just felt really <laughs> intimidated. And so he was eating a plate of stir fried vegetables. Mm. There's no universe that exists where if I'm going to a restaurant, I'm going to order a plate of vegetables at that point. But I wanted to talk to this guy so bad that I lean over and I go, oh, that looks really good. What is it? And he's like, stir fried vegetables. And I'm like, oh, that looks really yummy. And he goes, do you want to try some? The answer was absolutely not. But I said yes, because I wanted to talk to this guy. So I lean over, I grab like a green bean, and then there's a sauce that comes with it. I dip it in the sauce and then that. And then from there, we started chit-chatting. We sat there for like an hour talking, talking about this guru, talking about the temple that um, this guru, um, the main temple for this person is where his family lives. So he had been there before, and I had told him that I really, really want to go there. So we talked about that. And so we just sat and talked for a while. And messaged me later that night and said you know we should hang out again and then yeah the rest is history so yeah so that's how I met my boyfriend initially and then he said that we should hang out again and I was like absolutely so then um, I think the next day he asked me to come watch him perform he plays guitar so he performs at hostels and places like that um, and so I went and I watched him play and 
it was busy that night there was a lot of people and so I hung out for a bit really enjoyed it and then I left and then when I got home later that night he had sent me a message and said that he he said could not spend enough time with you today uh really want to hang out again and that meant a lot to me because I was like happy to go and just like watch him play and support him but the fact that he had messaged me after and said like that he was sorry he couldn't spend more specific time with me I was like oh that's really nice and so then we kept hanging out from there um I had a crush on this guy from the jump. There was never a time period for me where I was like, oh, yeah, this could be a friend. I liked him a lot from pretty immediately. I had a crush on him and we just spent more time together. And then over the next few weeks, just developed it developed into more of a romantic thing, which I was very happy about. And I was only supposed to stay in India last August and September. I was going to go home at the end of September after my teacher training was done. I went back to take 300 hour. You do 200 hour and then 300 hour. So I had went back to do that. I was going to leave at the beginning of October. But then once I met this guy, I was like, I'm already here. It's free to um, change the flight as long as I get the same plane time. So I extended the trip through October and stayed all of October. And we traveled. We spent a lot of good time together. We went to the temple of our guru. He brought me there. And so that was really meaningful for me. Um, and we just did a lot of fun things together. We developed a really close bond. And so that was that our relation like developing a relationship in like india and like you know with their like culture and stuff is it different than here like i don't know i feel like here there's a lot of like you go out there's like drinks there's like hookup culture there's mm-hmm. like you know is it like is it like that there or is it more of a like you know if you're if you're hanging out with someone it's because i don't know you know it's more intentional for sure yeah it's more intentional now of course i want to say that cities like delhi and the bigger cities are a lot more modern a lot more western they act a lot more like we do in terms of dating and everywhere else but most of india is still villages and smaller cities and so yeah they're a lot more intentional with dating um there's not really as much of a hookup culture um they and then with the arranged marriage thing, it's one of those things where they view partnership in a very long-term way. So there's not as much casual dating either. There's very much, once you're with someone for a certain amount of time, you're kind of thinking, okay, this is something that I'm probably going to pursue long-term permanently. So, you know, the other thing is that um, Indians have this view of us that all Americans get divorced <laughs> because our divorce rate is very high and over there their divorce rate is not as high um, not nearly as high but that's for different reasons you know like no choice, right? when you when you can't pick who you marry you don't really have the choice to get divorced either yeah. so but but I will say that they do also carry this belief of I think we're a lot quicker to drop people here, whether that's boyfriend, girlfriend, whether that's fiance, whether that's marriage, we're a lot quicker to just there's an issue. And even if it is a big issue, we're very quick to be like, well, okay, I can get out of it. So I'm going to get out of it. They really have this belief that once you join this union with someone, once you create this bond and you you finalize it and you marry that it doesn't matter what issues come up, you stay with that person and work through it. And um, that's actually fine for me because I mean, I don't think anyone plans on getting divorced, but I especially would not like that to happen. I'd like to be with someone for the long haul. And even if there are very big issues, I would like to sort those things out. My parents got divorced. Um, Luckily, it didn't end up being a bad situation for me. It was probably better that they didn't stay together. However, 
I don't want to have to go through that situation. Once I find the person that I decide to be with forever, I just want that to be it. And I want to work on the problems and be mature because relationships are like a mirror. They show you the most deep and wounded parts of yourself in ways that family members don't, friends don't. I mean, you've been with your, your girlfriend for a long time, so I'm sure you know that there's just things that your partner brings up in you that's just totally different than anyone else you've ever met in your entire life. And it's very easy to want to run away from that. It's very easy to want to just throw it away and find someone new that'll make you feel better and that isn't triggering these things within you. But part of being people and trying to evolve and develop our brains and our thought patterns and our beliefs is that we need to try to work hard on things and not take the easy way out. And so they very much have this mindset when it comes to marriage that it's more of a partnership than it is about being this honeymoon phase, deeply romantic forever sort of thing. It's, it's a team. Mm-hmm. So, I feel that. How's your uh, how does your boyfriend adapt to like your Western way of thinking with of things? I would be willing to say that I'm I'm lucky because my boyfriend's very open minded. Um, he he's smart. Um, he's lived in cities, so he's been around people <clears throat> that act more Western, anyways. Um, and. At the end of the day, one of the reasons that he started liking me in the first place was because I'm a foreigner and because I'm different. And so he just knows that that's who I am and that's how I am. Um, you know, we've had we've had certain issues because of cultural differences, but honestly, just as many things that he might have complaints about how I am, I have complaints about the way he or his culture is, you know? So it's just one of those things where it's like being having a partner that's from a completely different culture than you, it's always going to have to force you to be more open-minded. And sometimes that can be challenging. But I think that one of my favorite parts of our relationship is that we're constantly always finding out new things about each other, is that we realize, wow, you were raised and your mindset is a completely different way than mine. And what does that look like for you? And how does that show up for you? And so Sometimes it's challenging, but more often than not, it's a lot of fun. I mean, he gets to bring me around India and show me all of these crazy things um, and teach me all of these things. And I'm very grateful to him for that, to have like my partner also be like one of my biggest spiritual teachers. Um, And I'm very excited for the day that I will hopefully get to bring him back here and show him. (laughs) All right, baby, we've been in your turf. We've been in your place. Now come see my world because it's going to be, I mean, in a a shock. Uh, He brings him to Walmart. (laughs) Uh, A Waffle House? A club? Well, I was, I'm wondering like what he can eat. Like, can, does he eat like. He's vegetarian. Yeah. He's never had meat in his life. I don't think he should eat it here. No. Yeah. The food system here is. Even the vegetarian food system here is challenging, which means it looks like I'm going to have to learn to cook. How do you feel about your tattoos? Um, I don't know. I don't ask because it doesn't matter how he feels about it. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. When it comes to talking about his family, we always do point out how that's going to be uh, interesting for them to accept the fact that I do have some tattoos. But um, it kind of just goes back to what I said. Like, he he's dating a foreigner so there's going to be some things that he's going to have to accept about me that are different from maybe what women in his culture would be tattoos in india they're not completely taboo lots of people have them but when they do they're usually only like god related like it'll be like a shiva tattoo or an om symbol like i have so they don't necessarily have as much of this concept of getting tattoos for fun because i like it um so people always come up to me and they'll be like what does this mean and i'm like it means i had 
you know, $80 to spend and a free Saturday. <laughs> so it's like, so, you know, but I come up with cute little like meanings and stuff for them just because it's easier. So yeah, I don't think he dislikes them. Maybe they're not his favorite thing, but what can I do? You know, I got them before I met you. So what are some of those things that, um, you know, that you guys, I guess, don't see eye to eye on or like, you know, mm-hmm. just things like that, that other people in your situation would probably also go through. Um, one thing that I struggle with is just some of the, some of the practices as far as like covering up for going into certain places and having to like be dressed a certain way. And that way, a lot of times is having to cover up shoulders and midriff and stuff like that. Um, and then he also is a highly spiritual person. So for him Mm -hmm. too, he also does prefer that I be a little more like covered up, um, it doesn't necessarily bother me because I respect him a lot. So because of that, I, you know, I, and I'm in India and I respect, you know, the culture there. So I I try to be respectful, but that's one of the things that um, we don't see eye to eye on. I feel like I should, I always say this, if you're showing up to worship God, that's it. End of the line. It doesn't matter how you show up. If I show up covered head to toe or I show up in a bikini. Now that's not saying I'm going to go to it temple in a bikini but my thing is is it's not about how you look it's about your intention your intention is to show up for god so what you're wearing shouldn't matter um you should bring him to miami i think he'd have a stroke (laughs) he'd have a stroke just like walking down like the fucking beach and shit (laughs) not bring him to myrtle see that's the thing like i can't even imagine like i always try to explain to him just the complete polar opposite that america and india is because a lot of times when i come home and then i kind of get back into my american ways a little bit you know it seems confusing for them they're like oh how could you and i'm like well the culture here does not promote the same things that your culture there promotes and and they see america on tv growing up and they see you know these handful of movies and they think they know how the u.s is but they don't what do they think like what are they expecting um like frat parties and just part everyone being happy and rich and having a lot of money and like these kinds of things that's a big part of it though it is a big part of it though it's definitely a big part of it but they don't they don't necessarily understand as much the openness the fact that we can do say wear think dress act on and on however we want what we want to do with our life it's not up to our mom and dad who we want to marry it's not up to our family we have pretty complete autonomy over our own lives and that's something that they don't have there and um yeah i i always i always tell them i'm like i've seen both so i'm giving you my opinion from seeing both but one day you'll come here you'll see you'll I see feel like, well, okay. where do you guys see yourself residing long term together either here or there um so and i think honestly this dynamic is kind of like the kind of idea that we kind of have is what a lot of people that are indians that date foreigners whether it's from england europe on and on kind of the kind of plan they have in mind we both love india so that's Mm. great um it's not one of those situations where he's like trying to come to the u.s doing everything for a green card wanting to date a foreigner just for the benefits of getting you know papers it's not like that at all i'm actually the one that wants to go there um however we both do understand and agree that there is so much more opportunity to make money in this country is the thing Mm. so i don't know how things are gonna go i can't see the future but when we talk it kind of seems like 
I want to spend a couple years in India over the next couple years. So it seems like probably do that. I'll spend a couple years in India. Then it seems like we would probably come back here for a chunk of time, work hard, make a lot of money. Because if we did that, we stayed here and we grinded for a couple years, four or five, six years. We could go back to India and spend 10 years there without having to worry about doing anything. Because the money conversion from U.S. dollars to rupees is just so favorable. Um, so rupees? Yeah. Rupees, yeah. That rupees. sounds so fun. Rupees. I love that. Yeah, rupees, yeah. Like, I wish I got paid in rupees. rupees. <laughs> yeah, rupees, yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of... And, and, and I, I know a couple other people that are from Europe or from America that are dating Indians, and it's kind of the same thing. It's like India is an amazing, beautiful, spiritual place that I would love to spend forever in. However, the economy over there is just not even close to comparable the amount of money you can make in America and the the amount of worth that money holds then when you transfer it is just night and day different. So because of that, a lot of people that are Indians that date foreigners, they will go with their foreign partner to their country for an amount of time, work there, make money there. And then if they like it there, great, stay there. Luckily, the guy that I'm with loves India just as much as I do. So I would foresee us spending more time in India than in America long term. But oh, definitely yeah. coming here to make some money and stack some bread. <laughs> sure yeah that's how i want to do it i want to um i want to have a lot of businesses here but then like when i have babies i want to like have them like growing up in jamaica yeah just so they're like they're with the shits yeah and then like i'll bring them back here yeah they'll be born here they'll be like american citizens yeah but then they'll really understand that's the thing they'll get to see both and they'll they'll be a lot more grateful and not only probably grateful but they'll understand the amount of opportunity they have being americans compared to growing up in jamaica and i'm sure similar things you see there yeah i think it'll just be a vibe they get to grow up like i don't know i'd want to have them like be able to like learn how to live off the land a little bit you know what i mean and uh you know the fucking climate and shit there i just feel like it's better for you yeah it's good like when you're like one through five i feel like growing up in like I don't know, anywhere other than America is probably good for you. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Between the food and just the way of life, I mean, it's it's humbling, definitely. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but the food system is just so much better. I mean, at the end of the day, we all know that our vegetables and fruits, like down to the seeds, are modified. So, like, mm-hmm. raising your kids in a place where the food is a lot, you know, more natural, I mean, that can only benefit them. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the guru that the you guru. follow. The guru. Okay, I also have a picture of him on the back of my phone. Oh, you're so with his it. name is Neem Karoli Baba. And how I found out about this guy is through a spiritual teacher named Ram Das, who is a white person. Hey, He's from America. You know Ram Dass? Yeah, Ram Das. Oh, this Matthew is his loves guru. Ram Dass. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Ram Das was, you might know a little bit about him. Ram Das was a Harvard professor in the 60s who started experimenting with psychedelics, with psilocybin, with LSD. This work he was doing got him fired from Harvard. Um, when that happened, he decided, okay, I'm going to travel the world and see if other cultures and other places know about these things. So he traveled to different places, ended up in India. So he would go around India and he would give acid to different sadhus, which are like saints and, you know, quote unquote. And he would watch them, you know, trip balls, have these crazy experiences. And, you know, he was not getting anything new, basically. Like he's seeing, okay, this is affecting you the same way. And you're telling me the same realizations that I'm having while I'm doing these things. So he was about to leave India, um, and another Westerner named Bhagwan Das said, you can leave, but first come with me. My guru is back in the hills, and I want you to meet him. 
at this point Ramdas is so done he's met a million gurus he's met a million people like this he just wants to go back to America and recollect and figure out what he's going to do so they go to meet this guru um, who's named Kroli Baba they also call him Maharaji and when they first get there it's a giant courtyard and then the guru's sitting in front and the Indian people are coming up touching his feet and like bowing down in front of him and so you're think like think of this from a Harvard professor from America standpoint he's just looking around like what in the world is going on probably and, it's like a cult yeah <laughs> that's what it would probably feel like and um so when he first got there and saw this he was like what is going on and then Bhagwan Das the other white guy he went up to the guru and did that same thing and Ram Das had this thought I'm not touching his feet I'm not doing that you're not going to get me to do that so he had this big wall up basically mm -hmm. and so Maharaji was like go feed them get them food and then later he called him back to the courtyard Maharaji is an enlightened being to an extent so he has access to different planes of consciousness a connection with God one of those things like like the Buddha like Christ like all these things like a level of that so he he knows that Ram Das has this guard up so he calls him to the courtyard and he says you were outside last night looking at the stars thinking of your mother she died of spleen and Ram Das was taken back because the previous night he had gone outside of his hotel and he was looking up at the stars thinking about his mother. He didn't say a word. He was just thinking about his mom. So then he was paranoid. He was like, how do you know that? How do you know that? And that was when the first layer, the first layer of ego came down. The next day he called him back. He called Ram Das back again and said, I hear you have the medicine. And Ram Das was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, the medicine. And he thought, Ramdas thought that this guy's talking about multivitamins or something. And then Neem Karoli Baba goes, the yogi medicine. And he's like, the acid? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I have that. And Maharaji puts his hand out and he goes, give me one. And Ramdas is like, no, 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 no. You're much too old. You can't have this. Um, it, it won't be good for you. And he's like, give me one. So he put one in his hand. He goes like this, give me another one. Ramdas is like, there's no way you can do this. Puts another one on his hand one more three pills of acid it wasn't in tab form at this point it was pills he puts it in his mouth he swallows it all the indian devotees start crying they think he's gonna die everyone's <laughs> like what in the world because it was three strong strong doses of balls. acid so ramdas was like okay this is gonna be an experience let's see what happens nothing happened oh he just ate that shit and nothing happened and the reason why is because he already has access to that plane of consciousness. He can exist in that place. He doesn't need psychedelics to get there. He can already exist in that place. So then Ram Dass started having doubts that night. He's like, oh no, he didn't take it. Oh no, he put it under his tongue and then he spit it out. He didn't do that. Next day in the morning, he gets called to the courtyard. He says, you don't believe me? Ram Dass is like, how did you know that? And he's like, and he puts his tongue out and has Ram Dass put three more pills on his tongue the next day swallows them he opens his mouth shows ramdas that he swallowed them that it's not there same thing nothing happened and like i said the reason why is because he already has access to those planes of consciousness this is something that can exist without psychedelics he the one thing neem karoli baba said about acid or about psychedelics that's very famous is that when you take these things it brings you into the room with god but you can't stay but through sadhana, through spiritual practice, through meditation, you become one with God, and then you never have to leave. Mm, that's, that's a bar. bar. For real. <laughs>
I sometimes feel like I'm in the room with God. Yeah. But yeah. I like acid. Mm-hmm. I like acid because it fucking makes shit move. Yeah. You think Ram Dass be like fucking something like that? I, that's uh, if <laughs> the if the gurus know how to. I could visually trip. I'm all in. Yeah. If I could do that without the uh, without the tablets, see the visuals, I'm all mm. in on that. Yeah, psychedelics are great. Mushrooms has been a big part of my spiritual journey for sure. I've done acid too, but I didn't like it nearly as much. Everyone likes one or the other. Yeah. It seems like I like mushrooms more, but like my I got a my stomach sensitive. Mm, and they so. tear you up. Yeah, I'd be they just like I'd be like halfway paranoid the whole trip. Like, all right, how is this gonna Once like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, I don't like acid as much because it's fucking like the length not even just the length just like i just gotta hope that it's like you know i guess i get a tester but like shrooms are just easier you know what it's I mean? almost like you have a little more mental i notice that i have more mental control on mushrooms than i do with acid i feel like with acid sometimes it can take me to a spot and i have a hard time kind of getting myself out of that mindset whereas mm. with mushrooms i feel like i have a good amount of control i feel like it psychedelics they they affect me mentally but I feel like they don't do a crazy number on me mentally. Mm. I don't know if I just, like, be thinking weird a lot of the times. <laughs> You're like, I'm already tripping every day. But, like, visuals. Like, that's what I'm there for. Yeah. Like, I like like I like I when I'm sitting on top of a, of a mountain. You know what I mean? And then I'm looking at trees, and they look like the ocean. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. This isn't supposed to. I remember one time, I didn't see any straight lines for three hours. And I was like, wow. Like, I felt uncomfortable in my room because mm. it was so symmetrical. Mm. I was like, nah, I got to get out of here. I got to get near <laughs> a tree. <laughs> Isn't that the thing that's so cool about them, too, though, is that when you do them, you just crave being outside and close mm-hmm. to nature. It's like it draws that connection back with us. Yeah. I always notice that as well. Do people in India wear shoes a lot or do a lot of them not wear shoes? <sighs> Well, I, is it depends. It, I don't know. It, it depends. It a thing like I, mean, I could be completely wrong. I'm like, no, yeah. isn't there like a, a culture uh, or some people who like don't want to like step on bugs? Like they're not trying to kill shit. Um. Yeah, I think there are people like that. I don't necessarily think Indians are thinking like that. I think there's two different answers. I think that from a class perspective, there are some lower income people that might not have like shoes. Hmm. However, in Rishikesh, even a lot of the foreigners walk around without shoes because it's that whole idea of like energy, right? Like everything you touch has an amount of energy. And when your feet are covered by shoes, it's blocking the energy flow from the earth or from the ground to you. So a lot of people, especially like spiritual seekers and stuff, will not wear shoes because they believe that they're just being more connected with the earth. Uh, I did... Sometimes when I'm in India, I do hikes or treks. Um, and we did a trek up to Himkund, which is, it's a sick place of pilgrimage. The sick people, it's one of their holy sites. I think it's their holiest site. And it's cold. Um, there's snow. It's, it's freezing. And I am struggling with four jackets, two pairs of pants, wool socks, and my hiking boots. The little sadhu next to me climbs up past me with a giant bag of stuff on his head and no shoes. <laughs> like it's nothing and so it's one of those things where it's like it's just again they're just it's so crazy how different 
the people over there are and how they're just they're so much more devoted to things and they don't view themselves as victims they just empower themselves and so I've seen that many times on treks where like I'm struggling so much and a person that's three times my age is hiking faster than me and they're not wearing shoes they're wearing like a light jacket I'm freezing I'm dying <laughs> and they're just going like it's yeah, nothing this is just what it is yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah I saw you do some wild shit it wasn't wild oh, but God. it was just like oh my god and you had like the string and you had it going <gasps> through your nose and you're like pulling it out of your mouth and it looked like oddly satisfying but I was like that looks like it made my eye itch you know what I mean yeah like, yeah I was like oh how's she doing That's that <laughs> oh my gosh yes yeah. so that is um a cleansing kriya that we use in yoga school so kriyas are cleansing techniques uh you know neti pot yes that's one of them that's like the most basic one that's my shit this is similar this one i believe it's called sutra neti but what it is mm. is you take it's called a catheter it's this little rubber thing you put either coconut oil or ghee on it you place it in and i have a video of me doing this i can show you after you place it in your nose you put it back and back and back until it comes down into your throat and then you reach back and you grab it and then you floss your sinuses Wow. Which way do you pull it out? Through your mouth. Okay. So it goes all the way. It feels very intense. But the thing is, is it's one of those things where your mind wants to panic. But if you can breathe past it, it's not painful. It's yeah. not comfortable. It's not fun. But it's not painful. Like but your brain. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but your brain freaks you and makes you think, what in the world is going on? Yeah. And so, but I was very, um, before I went to India and I was looking up yoga teacher trainings, I saw videos of people doing this and I said, there is no way I'm doing this. No way in hell you're getting me to do that. <laughs> so then when I did it, I was so happy. I just felt so accomplished. And then I took that video, of course, and everyone from America was like, what? The is it supposed to open up your sinuses or what? Yeah. It helps clean, helps clean it out. I get sinus infections, like, well, not a lot anymore. Shout out to the universe. Shout out to God not giving me sinus infections. Yeah. But, um, so, like, I always had to use an Eddie Pot. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, like, the first time I was using an Eddie Pot, I was like, I'm going to drown. And then I was like, oh, no, you just got to chill out. Yeah. So Literally. I feel like I could do it just because, like, I've had to do things like that so often. You definitely could. But, like, it was just, like, it looked... It, it looked like you were using pasta. That's oh why it God. was scary because it <laughs> looked like that's literally it was like that color. So I was like, "What if it breaks in there?" Oh like, my God. Then what? But it's like a it's strong like a string. Thing. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. rubber. It's rubber. Oh, it's very thin rubber. Wow. You warm it up before you use it. Like you run it under hot water to make it especially loose. Wow. And then, like I said, you either put ghee or coconut oil on it to help it be more slippery, and then you you do it. Wow. Yeah. Do people ever do it for you? They try to help, but it's one of those things that only you can really do. And most people in my in my in my group couldn't do it. There was only a handful of us that could get it done because again, the second that thing hits the back of your throat, you have the instinct to cough and then it hits your gag reflex, <laughs> so you have the instinct to start choking. Yeah. And then you freak out and you're like, No, 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 I want it. That's where you have to breathe through it and just collect yeah. yourself and We got a friend who did this with a condom <laughs> before. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just thinking about when he hit the gag exactly reflex. He coughed so yeah. loud. Oh my god! I told him about it. I was like, "Yo, I've seen people online like snort condoms and pull it out of their mouth. It's crazy." <laughs> yeah, and man. he was like, "I'll do it," and I was just like, "Let me get my camera." <laughs> and he did it, and like he he went, it was in there, and then he goes, <laughs> and then just reaches in the back of his throat and just pulls it out, and then afterwards he was like, "I could breathe." <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! It was but, already had the lube. He was yeah, ready to go. yeah. Oh my god! He was he's with the shit. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's the American version. It the is. American version yeah. of oh Sutranetti is putting a condom in your nose and pulling it out of your mouth. Oh my god! Yeah, I love that us. video. I wanna. I like. I have it. I posted it, but like, I'm like, well, they like, is this dangerous? Like, cause uh, I had this video of uh, eating a cookie. No, no, I, you know, when you put like Mentos with like a uh, uh, fucking Coke, yeah. Coke, how it like yeah. fizzles up. So like I had some Mentos in my mouth. No, 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 I had Coke in my mouth and I think I had like Bree spitting Mentos into my mouth mm-hmm. to like do the like the thing. But uh, the internet TikTok was like, yo, this is dangerous and we don't want people so to try this. Yeah. So like it took my video down and Dang. it was like. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to post more things to make him angry, yeah. you know, and take my my account away. But I'm like, yo, everyone needs to see this video of Jake. It's one of the best things ever. Oh, that's the worst. They they're they're tough on content sometimes, and it is one of those things where you have to worry about like repeat offenses. They'll take your whole account down because yeah. you have a good amount of followers on TikTok. Yeah. Trying, trying, doing my thing. Yeah, content the- creation's a job in itself. I'm yeah. awful at it. Well, hey, you you got content right now. I do. We'll send you the short clips. You for can sure. post them. Yeah. I will for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. When's the next time you're going back to India? I'm going back to India on August 31st. That's so awesome. Yeah. Almost three weeks from now. How long? Uh, two months. September and October. Very excited. Fuck yeah. Excited to. Uh, this time, my plans are. Me and my boyfriend are going to trek up to Kedarnath. Kedarnath is a very prominent Shiva temple up in the mountains. Um, so we're going to trek up there. It's going to be very cold and very long, but we're going to do it. And we're very excited to do it together. Um, I'm going to spend time with him, of course. Um, I might do a sound healing course. Like you've seen people doing the sound healing with the big crystal uh-huh, bowls yeah. and stuff. I might take a course in that. And then Grisha, who is my best friend, um, she has a pretty large following over there. She has three or 400K on instagram she teaches yoga she was in my 200 hour and she does retreats all over india so she's having a retreat in the end of september in goa and goa is like the miami of india it's probably one of the only places that i can wear a swimsuit without people looking at me like i'm you know committing atrocious crimes um so i'm excited to be able to go there it's more south i've never been that far south of india so I'm really, really excited. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta go to India for sure. You yeah. do need to go to India. Like I said, the plane ticket's the the biggest bite. Other than that, once you get there, it's cheap. Hell yeah. And you can get nice stuff for cheap too. Okay, I have another question actually. Yeah. Um, what's the like? So like, all right, when you're like buying ads and shit, you know, like uh, on Facebook or whatever, or when you're like promoting content, there's always this weird thing with like the conversion for like India because there's so many people there. Mm um what's the like what's the social media like out there like are people keeping up with trends are they on their phones are they like yes i mean they're just like us everyone has phones now the india the reason that instagram reels is where it is right now is because of india because they got tiktok banned very early on so instagram was like we need something for the people that can't have tiktok came up with reels and india has just carried reels and made it what it is today Mm. they love reels there they have all their own trends all their own dances actually some of the temples kadarnath the temple that me and my boyfriend are going to they actually just ban cell phones on the premises because so many people go there and then they they make reels of themselves bowing in front of which is something i was absolutely going to do um so it, they're like us in that way. The Delhi Metro, they take a lot of trains over there and they banned 
video content like making reels on the metro because so many people do it that it just started causing conflict and what happens uh, if you get caught doing it and eh, make you pay a fine okay. just like here yeah we can go do it we <laughs> can make a couple videos out well there. and then i think the thing that always works in my favor is in a lot of temples you can't use your phone either um but a lot of times that sign is written in hindi so although i know that that sign is probably saying i can't use my phone i'm just like and then they come up and they're like hey you can't use your phone i'm like how would I know? I don't need this. But sometimes temples have like a cell phone and then a big X through it and then I can't get away with it as yeah. easily. But yeah. I just play the foreigner card. Oh, <laughs> I didn't funny. know. That's funny. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate you coming on today and uh, telling us all about all this yeah. cool stuff. Thanks for having me. It's been me. awesome learning about it. Yeah. We'll yeah. definitely have to have you back when Matthew's here because uh, Matthew's actually going to do an episode where he just like brings in a bunch of like Ram Dass stuff and oh and like walks us through it. I have it. a tattoo. I have a Be Here Now tattoo. Be Here Now is Ram Dass's. It's under all my, you get these like little threads from temples uh-huh. and I just don't cut mine off because I like having them. But Ram Dass's book that he wrote based on Neem Karoli Baba's teachings is Be Here Now and I have this tattoo for That's cool. Be Here Now. Hell yeah. yeah so. uh, do you want to tell people where they can like follow you yes. if you want them to? Yes, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my name is at and then Sierra Lillian which I'm sure you can put in the description or on the screen or something um, I mainly use Instagram uh, the username is the same on TikTok Sierra Lillian I put up some content there too um, friend me on Facebook as well or follow me on there is fine uh, I teach yoga classes when I'm in America I teach yoga classes here I teach two studio classes a week and I also just started an online class that I'm doing every Wednesday night from six to seven and that's nice because it's a well-rounded practice we do pranayama which is breathing in the beginning uh, yoga asana which is the physical postures and then meditation at the end so I'm excited about that and to build that up um, so yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone and talk more about India, answer any questions that anyone has. So feel free to reach out to me there. Thank like, yeah. Yeah. Peace out, everyone. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>